Hey, welcome to New City Online. I'm Ron, the online pastor, and whether this is your first time checking out a service at New City, or you've been here for quite a while, we're glad you've chosen to worship with us today. And if you're new here, we'd love to help you connect. You know, the church isn't a building or a service. The church is a people. The people of God make up the church, and we want you to be a part of it. You can visit newc.us connect to fill out a connect form there, or you can send me an email directly, rdasher at newcity.us. We also wanna be praying for you throughout the week, so check out our prayer request form at newcity.us slash prayer. Finally, we see giving as a big part of our worship here each week. One of the most well-known verses in all the Bible is John 3:16, which reads, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave, he gave his son so that we could have eternal life. And we're called to be generous because we've received the generosity of God through the person of Jesus. So today I wanna to encourage you to give, not out of compulsion or guilt, but out of thankful hearts to what God has given. If you'd like to support our ministry here, you can do so at newcity.us give. Now let's continue to worship together.
Father, we, we know that you have brought us near. We were once far off, but your grace has brought us in to the fold, into your family. And we thank you that you are the God who loves us, who cares for us, and who looks upon us with compassion. And we pause now to thank you and rejoice in who you are and what you've done for us. May our lives be open to the work that your spirit will do as we hear your word. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. This story Jesus told comes from Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them out into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace, doing nothing. He told them, You also go and work in my vineyard, and I'll pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long, doing nothing? Because... No one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came, and each received a denarius. So, when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the work in the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. What if under your employment contract or you, you got a job offer under compensation, it said uh, whatever your boss chooses to pay you, that's what you're going to get paid at the end of the year? How, how would you feel about that in your current job right now if that's what your agreement was? that you're just going to get paid whatever your boss thinks? Or what if you got a job offer this week for your dream job or whatever, and it just said, hey, whatever we think uh, we need to pay you, whatever the boss thinks is right, that's what you'll be paid at the end of the year. How, how would you feel about that? Would you take that job? Would you, would you continue to work at that job? Uh, today's story that Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 20, the story that you just heard read to you, It's a story about work, it's a story about wages, but really, it's a story about trust. It's a story about grace. It's a story about faith. It's a story about the heart of God and our trust 
in him. As we continue our series on parables, we're in Matthew chapter 20 and the parable of the workers and the vineyard. So if you have a copy of the scriptures, you just heard it read to you, but open up the scriptures. If you've got your phone open right now, you can open the New City app and follow along. We've got an outline and a discussion guide to go further if you want to. But I'd love for you to follow along in the story today that Jesus tells. Remember that the parables are like these, here's a way to think about it. It's Jesus paralleling our life with his life. Um, our world with his kingdom. And so he meets us where we are in the parables and these stories, and he pulls us into his heart. And this this parable, this story about the workers in the vineyard is the same. This would have been a, a very understood uh, metaphor that Jesus is using with the vineyard. In fact, a vineyard was used in the Old Testament to describe Israel, God's people. And vineyards were very common in first century Palestine. I mean, the, the, crops of, uh, the crop of grapes was one of the most important crops in, in all of Israel. It's a, it's a rich metaphor, but also this story that Jesus tells in Matthew 20 is like a little subtle rebuke. If you go back to chapter 19, which go and do that this week, and you kind of read what sets up this story of the workers in the vineyard, there's a story about a rich young ruler that comes to Jesus and wants to follow him, and Jesus interacts with him. And at the end of all of that, Peter says in verse 27 in chapter 19, hey, we've given up everything, Jesus, to follow you. What, what's in it for us? What, what's going to be our reward? And Jesus actually engages that and talks about heaven and the things to come. And then he tells this story as an answer to Peter and the disciples, and I think maybe to all of us, about what the kingdom is really like, about what generosity really is, about what grace is, about what faith is. So let's jump into the story. It's really two parts. The first part of the story is Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 7. It's really about hiring the workers. And the second part of the story is about paying the workers in verses 8 through 16. So let's jump into the first part of the story, uh, verses 1 through 7, and follow along with me here. There's a man, an owner of the vineyard, right? Then when Jesus tells the story, and the owner needs workers. Maybe it's pruning time, maybe it's harvest time, but he needs a lot of workers to come into his vineyard and work. So he goes out into the marketplace, out to the city. Maybe there was a corner or a place where people gathered to work, to find work. They were day laborers, uh, not unlike what happens in our own city. And they, the owner goes there and, 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 and hires a group of workers. And then he continues to do that throughout the day. It's really, really interesting. But let me, let me just stop there, just by way of understanding the story a little bit more and getting into context. How many of you know uh, how long a, an average workday was in first century Palestine when this takes place, when Jesus tells this story? Well, it was 12 hours. I mean, there, there was no Teams, there's no Zoom, there's no whatever. It's you being on site for 12 hours. And so the, the average workday would start at 6 a.m. and it would go 12 hours until 6 p.m. And so as you read through these first seven verses, verses and this whole idea of uh, the vineyard owner, which represents God, uh, uh, pulling people into his vineyard, he starts at 6 a.m., uh, the, the full day workers, and he says to them, hey, if you come and work, I'm going to give you a denarius. Now, a denarius was a full day's worth of, of wages. It actually was a really good wage. Roman soldiers in the first century were paid a denarius. So this was this was a good wage for, a, for an honest full day's work. And so uh, the owner hires uh, the 6 a.m. all day workers. But then it's interesting, follow along here with me, then the owner goes back at the third hour. Now, what's the, if we know the, the average workday is 6 to 6, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., what's the third hour? Well, 9 a.m. 
and, and he brings people into the vineyard to, to, to work. And he says, whatever I think, back to our opening question, whatever I think is right, I'll pay you at the end of the day. Uh, you got to trust your boss, right, for that. you you got to have a lot of trust in the generosity and the goodness of, of, of who's pulling you into that job, right, of who's hiring you. So the owner goes at 9 a.m., and then follow along with me, go, uh, goes at the sixth hour, which would have been noon, 12 p.m. He goes at the ninth hour, 3 p.m., and we're getting late in the day, and then he goes even further. He goes at the 11th hour, at 5 p.m., and is still pulling people from the marketplace and hiring people to come and work in his vineyard. And let's catch up to the story here in verses, uh, the end of verse 6 and first part of verse 7. He says to those 11th hour workers, and remember, it's 5 p.m. The workday goes from 6 to uh, six a.m. to 6 p.m. It's 5 p.m. The owner's still going out to pull in more people. And he says to those 11th hour workers, why do you stand here idle all day? And, and it's sort of a, a, you know, maybe just uh, he wanted them to articulate why they were still there because they answer because nobody's hired us. In other words, nobody wants us. Nobody's come for us. Now, Jesus is telling this story, obviously, for a, a deeper reason. And it's important to understand this context because imagine what it would have been like to be a day laborer who was on the corner in the marketplace waiting to get hired and you've gotten passed over over and over and over and over and over again, and it's 5 p.m. It's late in the day, and nobody has come, and here comes this owner to hire you, and he says, why haven't you been hired? And, and they say to him, nobody wants us. Imagine what that would mean for their family to not work that day. For most of them, they, they were living, they would get their wage, they would buy food, they would spend it all just to, just to survive. And so again, before we get to the, the second part of the story, which is the, the payday and paying all these workers, it's important in context to understand as we, we hear this story read, as we read it for ourselves this week, that there's all these workers who are coming into the vineyard and they come at different hours, 6 a.m., 9 a.m., noon, 3 p.m., and even 5 p.m. And the owner is hiring all these folks. And he's from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m., the, the third, sixth, ninth, and 11th hour workers are all working under this contract of, Whatever I think is right, I'll pay you. So let's get to the second half of the story. Look at it with me, beginning in verse 8. The story here takes a dramatic turn in verse 8. Everything begins to kind of, as Jesus is telling his disciples this story in response to their, hey, what are we going to get out of this, out of following you? Everything begins to turn here in verse 8 in this second part of the story. Because what would happen, again, just in context, when you would hire workers, the, the first ones to show up and work a full day, they would be at the front of the line to get paid at the end of the day. That was, that was the custom. But in the story that Jesus tells here in Matthew 20, who, who's first in line? It's the people that came last, those 11th hour workers that came in at 5 p.m. that just worked one hour. Uh, the owner of the vineyard goes to the HR department and says, I want you to pay people uh, from last to first. So think about that line at the, at the pay window, so to speak. And at the front of the line is the 5 p.m. people. And at the back of the line is the 6 a.m. people. Now, why, why, why was this? Let me just stop here for just a moment. Why did this happen in the story that Jesus told? Well, well maybe it's that he wanted the 6 a.m., the full-day workers that were already working under a contract of a denarius, a good wage for that day. Maybe he wanted to, them to see the generosity that was taking place in front of them. 
Because what happened in the story? When the, when the, the 5 p.m. workers who are in the front of the line get paid first, what's placed into their hands? A denarius. A full day's wage is put in their hands. Imagine the, the, the life change that would have happened for their family that day of being paid a full day's wage, a good wage, what that would have meant for them and, and food and sustenance, uh, the, the grace, the generosity, and maybe just maybe the owner of the vineyard in this story that Jesus told wanted his all-day workers to see that generosity on display. So what happens, though, in the story when, you, when we read it? Well, those people in the back of the line who are those all-day workers, you know, 6 a.m., 9 a.m., noon, 3 p.m., all the way to the front, as they're seeing this generosity happen, well, instead of saying, man, look at how generous our boss is. Look at how generous the owner of the vineyard is. I'm so grateful to be a part of this vineyard. What builds up in their heart instead? They're thinking, it's expectation. They're thinking, well, if they got that for an hour's worth of work, for three hours, for six hours, for nine hours, imagine what we're going to get. We worked a full 12 hours. And they're thinking, man, imagine what he's going to put into our hands. But when they look down at their hands, follow along in the story, when they look down, they get exactly what they agreed to. Those full-day workers get a denarius, just what was promised to them. And instead of appreciating the generosity of the vineyard owner and how he was generous uh, towards the folks who were in front of them in the line, they're what? Look at the passage. They're resentful. Look at verse 13. Find it in your scriptures and follow along here with me. The master responds, you know, to, 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 to their resentfulness for them, for, for, to them, you know, being upset. He says, friend, am, am I doing you wrong? I, I didn't do you any wrong. Did, did you not agree to this, a denarius, a, a good working wage for the day? No, just, just take what belongs to you and go. And, and go and spend it. Go enjoy it with your family. Have a great meal. Enjoy what you worked for. I choose to give to the last worker, that 5 p.m. worker, just as I gave to you. And then he says these words, am I, allow, am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? And listen to these words, or do you begrudge me? You know, it's interesting Again, just in the, in the metaphor that Jesus is using here to describe his vineyard, his people, his kingdom activity, and people being invited into his kingdom. Here's a, a question for us right here. If, if we see ourselves as kind of more of a back-in-the-line people, uh, a 6 a.m. or a 9 a.m. or a noon worker who's looking at people who came in after us getting paid first, the full day's wage, is it not enough for them to, to, to see the generosity of the vineyard owner? To make it specific to us, is knowing God better a gift in and of itself? Is being able to see God's generosity and his great grace on display for other people through the blessings that they receive, is that a gift in and of itself to us? Well, in the story, those workers who were at the end of the line, they, they didn't see it that way. And, and then that last line in verse 15, look at it with me. Do you begrudge me my generosity? In other words, what they're saying, what, the, what Jesus is saying in the story is, are you, are you envious because I choose to be generous? Maybe just write that down in your notes if you're taking notes. Am I envious because God chooses to be generous? Because I see other people in God's display of grace or blessing in their life. Am I, am I envious of that? What does that do to my heart? And then Jesus ends the story. Look at verse 16. 
he ends the story with his disciples the same way that he ends chapter 19. He says, so the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And remember, remember, he's talking about his kingdom. He's talking about what it means to have a life with him, a relationship with him. So, so the parable of the workers in the vineyard, what, what, what does this story mean? Hiring the workers, paying the workers, like what, what does it all mean? Well, remember the vineyard. The vineyard is a description of God's kingdom. The vineyard is a metaphor for God's kingdom activity here on earth. It was this vivid reminder of the message of Jesus, that the, 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 the message Jesus was giving was grace and inviting all kinds of people to participate and to be a part of his kingdom vineyard. And so the, the, the latecomers, right, the, or the, I'm sorry, the, the, the early all-day workers were probably representative of the religious leaders. But if you look really at the story, the story isn't told to the religious leaders. Some of the parables that we've been walking through in Matthew are told directly to the Pharisees and the religious leaders. But this story, interestingly, is told to the disciples. And I think that's a word for each of us. If you're a Christ follower today, if you follow Jesus, I think what Jesus is trying to say in this story to all of us is it's very easy for us to, to think of ourselves as all-day workers in the story, that we should be in the front of the line, that we should, we're entitled to more and more. So specifically, Jesus is answering Peter here and his disciples, and he's saying, listen, this really quickly you can see yourself as a person who deserves something based on your performance, based on what you've done instead of the generosity of God and what's been done for you. And then, of course, again, what does it mean that the vineyard represents God's kingdom and the, the message of grace and Jesus inviting people to be a part of his kingdom, not by, by their performance, but by grace. It represents these religious leaders or the, the entitlement of religiosity, of thinking of a, of a performance-based type of living. But then there's the latecomers, right? There's the folks that come at the, the 11th hour, which by the way, our colloquialism, like an 11th hour pardon, comes from this story. It comes from this understanding. The 11th hour was the, the very final hour of the day. And they know, right? They know that they need grace. They know they haven't done enough to deserve a denarius, a full day's worth. They know they haven't done enough to deserve to be treated just like everybody else. And it's out of that that the generosity of the owner is on display. That out of that, the generosity of God who's represented in this story is on display because they know they need grace. They've, they've banked everything on the character of God. They've banked everything on his generosity. And I think what Jesus is trying to communicate here in this story, remember these parables are these parallels to our lives. And Jesus is trying to meet us where we are and pull us into his kingdom perspective to reveal to us more of his heart. And remember, we talked about that par parables, these stories Jesus told, they're always an invitation. There's always a hook to grab your heart and pull you closer to God. And I think what Jesus is, is trying to communicate here is that maybe just maybe some of us have slipped into thinking that we're entitled Maybe some of us have slipped into like this performance-based type of deal where we think we, it's like a quid pro quo with God. We do a certain amount of things, and then you give us a certain uh, you know, amount of, of, of merit or grace or, or blessing in our lives. And Jesus flips that all upside down here with the story. So, so, so why does it matter, right? You, you've heard the story. You've heard like the, the parts of the story but, um, and, and the characters in the story, but why does it matter to you? 
What do you think is the application for you? What is it that God's speaking to you through this story? Well, I I think it might be that this whole idea of performance-based living has crept into your heart. And And I know that's true for me, that even though I've been a Christ follower for years and years, I can very quickly get myself and my heart into a place of, well, I deserve this. I'm entitled to this. I've worked for this. Are, are you that way too? And, and maybe the application, like what does it matter? Like what does it mean in our own lives is to look at what Jesus is teaching through this story and what happens and what can happen when it's about us and what we deserve in our work. And the first thing that I see in the story, maybe you do too, is, is complaining, this complaining spirit, if you will. Look, look at verse 11 again with me and just think about our own lives, our own hearts. Jesus, in telling the story, he says that on receiving it, the full-day workers, when they received what they deserved, when they received what they had agreed to, they did what? They grumbled. They grumbled at the master of the house. They grumbled, and to use the story and the metaphor, they grumbled at God. They were upset with God. They were, they were complaining. And I heard someone once say that for Christ followers, if you're a Jesus follower today, that complaining, like when we either complain in our hearts or when we verbalize complaining uh, to God or to other people, it's like having spiritual bad breath. Uh, everybody else smells it. Everybody else knows it, but, but, but maybe you don't. It's subtle, right? That complaining spirit can creep in. But where does that come from? It comes from thinking that you're entitled to something more or different or better, that you deserve it based on who you are and what you've done. There's this whole idea, like when we read the story or listen to it, you can get caught up in it and go, well, that's, that's not fair. It's not fair that these guys showed up at six and worked a full day and these guys showed up at five and they were given the same thing. That's not fair. But you know, friends, fairness from a a, a biblical understanding, the story of God, fairness ended in the Garden of Eden. If it it was about fairness, all of us would be separated from God. None, None of us deserves God's gift of grace through Jesus. And so in other words, this complaining spirit that can happen that's on display here from the all-day workers that that maybe is on display in our own lives as it creeps in through this performance-based type of living, it's, it's magnifying what we don't have, and it's overlooking all of the amazing gifts of God, most of all the gift of Jesus and his generous heart of grace towards us. So so maybe here's an answer, an application this week. It's just an action step for us. What can we do about it? I think it's a spiritual discipline for us to notice God's grace, that we actually have to be cognizant to to notice the gifts around us and to teach our heart and our mind, as the psalmist said, to to number our gifts, to see the goodness of God. Ann Voskamp wrote a book called A Thousand Gifts several years ago about the discipline of just writing out your gifts, the blessings of God in your life. And so maybe if you feel like today, oof, this hurts, but but this is right. I, I, I have seen myself as the all-day worker, and I, I'm looking ahead in the line and going, what did they get? And that's not right, and I deserve more, and God hasn't answered my prayer in the same way, and I don't feel like I've got the same blessings. And you begin to get that complaining spirit. Maybe the step for you today is to notice, to begin to take stock and to notice the blessings and the goodness of God, what he has given to you, and to to begin to write those out even and take stock of what God's done for you. Here's the second thing I see in the story 
that I think could be a great application for us, a needed application, you know, like what does it really mean for us? The, the, the complaining part of it, like that's more overt and other people can notice it. Maybe we speak it and we've just kind of slipped into having a complaining spirit. But here's the more subtle thing that I think is the deeper issue that's happening in the story is a resentful spirit. This is, this is the, the root of complaining and a, of entitlement is this, this resentment towards God. And, and how does that happen? Well, I think part of it, if we look at the story to guide us, it happens when we see God as a, as a strict taskmaster, as somebody that we have to perform for, that our orientation to God is what we do for him. And I'll, I'll, I'll lead the parade on that, that if I'm not doing anything for God or other people, then what's my real worth? What's my value? That I only sense God's affirmation and his pleasure when I, when I do something. And we can see that right here in the story, this performance-based, I've been here longer, I've been working longer, I deserve more, and when I don't feel like I get it or I feel like someone else gets the same gift of grace that I got, the same denarius that I got, now I'm, I'm building resentment because I think I'm, I'm, I'm entitled to more. Look at verse 15 with me. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me, the owner says? In other words, all of this belongs to me. All the gifts, the vineyard, the blessings, it all belongs to me. Can I not choose to bless other people? And then he says these words, or do you begrudge? A synonym for begrudge here in the scripture is resent. Do you begrudge me for my generosity? Do you begrudge me or resent me, God says, because I choose to be generous in grace to other people? And, and this really is, is, is the dagger to our hearts, right? It, it opens us up and reveals us and what's really in there. So I wonder what that answer would be for you. Has, has some sense of resentment built up in your heart towards other people and maybe even towards God? And you don't even realize it until you see God being generous in his grace and blessing to someone else. And you think, what about me, God? You've forgotten about me. You haven't answered that prayer in the same way for me. This is what Jesus is talking about in the story. I love what Brennan Manning says uh, in, in a story about a, an Irish priest and a, a peasant that he encountered on a, on a journey through the countryside. The priest um, is walking and he sees this peasant by the side of the road that uh, is obviously praying, kneeling down and praying. And as he gets closer, he just is watching this and he's kind of awestruck at it and the piety of the peasant. And he says to the peasant, the priest does, Man, you you must you must really just value God and 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 must really be a, a disciplined, pious person. And I love the response of the peasant to the priest. He says, "Yes, God is very fond of me." In other words, he flips and it's it's not about me and my work and me being pious or trying to be religious. I just know how how loved I am by God. I know how fond. Um, God is of me. I wonder if you know that. I wonder if you know how loved you are by God. Here, here's a, a, a practice. You know, we talked about noticing for a complaining spirit. Here's a practice if you feel like, man, I really have built up some resentments towards God. I really do feel some entitlement when I, when I read this story. I want you to just write down this verse, 1 John um, 3, 1. 1 John 3, 1, the very first part of it. Just write it down. And I wonder if you could find a place this week, your favorite place outside, your favorite room in the house, when you're freshest in the day, the morning, you know, noon or evening, whenever it is, and you would just sit and read this verse over and over and over again. 
See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. See, see what kind of love God has. Put your name in there. Put your name, that, that, that God loves you in such a way that you are now called a child of God. And, and because of that, that's your identity. And you don't have to see God as a strict taskmaster or a boss. The whole point of the story is to see the generosity of God and that God loves you just because he loves you. You know, one of the genius points of these parables, of these stories that Jesus told, is that a lot of times when we hear them or we read them, we initially identify with a certain character. And then when we begin to understand more of the story, when we read it, when we study it, when we hear it like we have today, we begin to see ourselves as a different character. And the meaning of the story explodes in our hearts as we begin to rightly identify with who Jesus says we are in the story. I love what Philip Yancey said about this story, the workers in the vineyard. This, this is what he said. Let me read it to you as we close here. He said, many Christians who study this parable, the parable that we study today, they identify, maybe this is you, they identify with the employees who put in a full day's work rather than the latecomers that came at the end of the day. We like to think of ourselves as responsible workers, don't we? We all do. Yancey says, the employer's strange behavior, it baffles us, just like it would have baffled the original hearers, the disciples in the first century. We risk the point, listen to this, we risk missing the point of the story, and here it is, that God dispenses gifts and not wages. God doesn't pay us according to our behavior. Every blessing, every grace is a gift, not a wage. None of us gets paid according to merit like the early workers. None of us comes close to satisfying God's requirement for a perfect, holy life. And then Yancey just punches the truth right here. He says, if paid on the basis of merit or fairness, we would all be in hell. We'd all be separated from God. Here's the bottom line truth today for the parable of the workers in the vineyard. We're all latecomers. We're all late to the party. None of us deserves grace. That's what makes grace, grace. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's the free gift of God. This is the gospel that Jesus did for us. Jesus did for you. Jesus did for me. What we could not do for ourselves that God sent Jesus into this world to invite us into a relationship with him, not based on our merit or our full day's work or our half day's work, none of it. It's only based on his generosity, on his grace. So the story of the parable of the workers in the vineyard, it turns out it's, 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 it's not about the whiny all-day workers. It's not about the lucky latecomers. The story that we're reading today in Matthew 20 that Jesus tells is actually about the vineyard owner. It's about God. It's about the generous heart of God. The, 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 watch this. The generous heart of God who, inv who goes to the marketplace over and over and over again, all throughout the day, all the way until the very end, the 11th hour, inviting people to come into his vineyard, into his kingdom. And it's not based on their work or their merit. It's only based on his grace on his generosity, and aren't you glad, aren't I glad that he did? To him alone be the glory today.
Would you pray with me? Wherever you are, let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you that on display in this story is your heart, your heart of love and grace for us. Would you, would you please forgive us for at times having a complaining spirit, a resentful spirit? Please forgive us. And please help us to, to notice and to sit in your love and your grace for us, to know that we are your loved children. That's our identity. That's our heart. And it's only because of you. We give you the praise for it today, Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for worshiping with us today. If you would, no matter where you are right now, extend your hands for benediction as we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Turn his countenance to you and give you peace. Have a great week, New City.